So welcome to a very special episode of the Red Review podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I am slightly hungover. Um, been celebrating all weekend, and uh, I'm feeling good. How are you? Oh, same actually. Yeah, with a but with a birthday quiz slash party, virtual birthday party last night. Uh, my my Jack, my mate Jack Strickland's birthday. One of his mates did a rather wonderful quiz with a very intricate pitch around. I think they're up till six in the morning building this quiz. But yeah, I had uh, a, a little bit too much gin. Slightly, uh, slightly, slightly delicate today. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, of course, we are both celebrating because this is a special episode um, talking about the APMP's Week of Winners because both you and I were recognised this week. Hooray! We were a rather lovely thing, a wonderful thing. So why a really not nice have surprise? To, yeah, why not have an episode just slapping ourselves on the back? <laughs> we do one of these every now and again. I think we did one when it was your one year of um, in oh, business, yeah. and essentially we just talked about your business for half an hour. <laughs> I like these episodes; they're they're interesting for me. Look, listeners, if if you're here for our in depth but slightly. Um, shit analysis of the bidding world then we'll be back next week with an interview with um, Josh from Patry, the founder of Patry who um, we're talking about data driven decision making and kind of bid no bids and and that kind of stuff so um, but for today we're going to have a quick we're going to have a shorter episode and chat about awards and um, what it feels like to be award winners which is pretty phenomenal really so um Shall we shall we go straight into it, Jez? Yeah, go for it. So, uh, week of winners, APMP week of winners. So, of course, it would have been the BPC uh, bids and proposals con in Nashville on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, so we we would have been out there, which uh, we did, we forgot to talk about pre and put put in the notes. But um, yeah, so we uh, APMP have had a virtual week of winners instead, which has been really good actually. Um, yeah, I wonder I wondered I... if it'd be a bit cringy, but actually, fair play to them, and there's a lot of effort gone in, and um, I thought it was I thought it was good fun. Yeah, because I was feeling a bit sad actually because um, I'd taken like Nashville out of my diary because obviously it cancelled going um i may go in the autumn i may not um kind of dependent on a few things mm. um but i'd taken it on my diary but i'd left in the additional blockouts for holiday and all of a sudden i was like looking someone's trying to book a meeting and said oh you're on holiday and i was like i'm not why would i be in holiday i'm in lockdown and i suddenly realized um this is a couple of weeks ago oh, oh i should be like packing to go to the states right now and i had a little kind of holiday booked around um the APMP awards going out on the Friday, spending Saturday kind of acclimatizing, jet lag, etc. Obviously, the conference Sunday to Wednesday, and then doing Thursday till Sunday doing Nashville stuff. Um, even so far as someone who's a bit of a coherer of mine, chat called Dave Ramsey, who's a kind of financial coach um, in the US, bit, bit nuts, kind of proper southern evangelical Christian. Um, kind of relatively right wing kind of guy. So, but so politically we're not aligned. But just the stuff he does to help people, particularly in America, where debt is such a big challenge, just mm. like a real hero of mine. And his office is in Nashville. He has a whole thing where you can go in and sit in the cafe, 
and see him doing his radio show and you know potentially meet him or that sort of thing and i was like oh gosh felt really bad and then all of a sudden so i am right in thinking they hadn't promoted this really and all of a sudden there was an announcement gonna be on facebook live which i didn't even know facebook apmb had a facebook mm. and there was just a live stream and they said oh we're good we're doing week of winners that's that's pretty much it isn't it yeah i, I didn't really see it coming i think i think i'd seen a post on it the, the week before um and they didn't tell us people who were nominated which day you know i had to go and find it um which is a funny funny old thing but um yeah there there it was there it was i i haven't really been able to get away from the fact that we'd have been on holiday because my wife's insisted on still wearing the outfits that she'd prepared for each day of the holiday uh, <laughs> every day um, so she's wandering around dressed like a female david attenborough quite often in a in a little she was going to be going and exploring nashville and places with her parents while we were um in the conference you see so do you have yeah. to dress like david attenborough to explore nashville I asked Jules, man. She's a marketeer. <laughs> who knows? Who, who knows? Oh, my mine is not the reason why. <laughs> but she had a special hat and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, she's been wandering around the house in that. I like the preparation. That is that is impo- that is impressive. My preparation for a holiday is normally open my open my drawer and just chuck in the t shirts that are clean. But um, <laughs> maybe that's the difference between me and Jules. Well, I think in fairness to her, I think she'd forgotten she'd ordered a load of clothes. And because of the pandemic, they arrived late. So a lot of the stuff that she'd bought for a sort of holiday get up this year turned up only a day or two before we were due to fly. We would have flown. Um, so suddenly she, it was all there and it sort of reminded her. So she, uh, yeah, she, she's got a little outfits going on. Good fun. There you go. So actually the first win, win of the week of winners was actually that I won uh, a bit kind of cringy um 50 bucks on the virtual office competition did you see that yeah because yeah well kate won it for you really didn't she let's face it but yeah producer kate (laughs) i was like kate there's a competition we can win you could win 500 quid for the first prize and you have to take a picture of um of your office and i could have taken a picture of my little desk but she said why don't we take a picture of you and i'll come in and do it when you're doing your webinar later on today so she came and took a picture and then like put little captions around it like action captions of um funny little things like she just brought me some cinnamon rolls that she'd made um like most people she's taken up baking during lockdown um the dog was fast asleep on the um bed looking completely disinterested while i talked about red reviews on my um my training webinar um but yeah so i and i got i got 50 bucks out of it which i've spent already um hotel chocolat had a sale all the Easter stuff was like half price. So Kate oh, spent nice. the entire lot on hotel, which technically you had to spend it on office stuff. And and I, you know, that's office supplies, right? So um, I, I feel that's fine. Um, but then they snuck in at the end of that thing, a special announcement they were going to announce for the whole week, all of the awards that I guess they would normally announce at the conference. Yeah. I didn't really realize that's how many awards they do. I mean, that's a, a hell of a, an award show. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, so Jeremy, you were up for Vendor of the Year, um, and I've been nominated for um, forty under under forty. Yeah, and, and yes, I am under forty, and a few more years had I not won it to have another go, so that's all right. So I suppose for you then, so let's talk about Vendor of the Year. Um, you were up against Covidian and Strategic Proposals, two absolute heavyweights of the um, 
of the industry and i guess you and i had both exchanged text of like well it's just nice to be nominated practicing your oh yeah well done face you know the kind of like at the oscars the clapping when you don't win um and and i suppose it came as a bit of a shock didn't it so how does it feel to be um a vendor of the year well it came i mean i don't know how many applicant applicants they had or nominations they had but i was i was vaguely surprised to be nominated i was i was chuffed to bits with that and we, we you know, was working with Jules and the marketing lot on how we could just talk about that. And I didn't think we had a cat in hell's chance. I mean, this we all know if you've done award submissions, as lots of bidding people get dragged into doing because people think it's the same as bidding. Um, it, it it really depends on uh, association or institute or whatever it is that the you know whatever the conference is that the awards are tied to, as to how kind of political they are in terms of. You know, it's always the same people win or it's someone who's sponsored something wins and that kind of stuff. And I didn't know whether, because I'm, I'm still fairly new to APMP, remember, of course. I've only been a member. In fact, I've got to renew my membership today. That's the first time I've ever had to renew it. That's how new I am still, because uh, I've never worked for companies that had really bought into it before. Um, and so I didn't really know how it worked. I've never been to BPC before. Um, and so I assumed being up against two of their biggest sponsors and partners and people who have been on boards and all that sort of stuff. And particularly even just when you think about it from a bidding perspective, you know, I, I, I know very few of the global board um, and I, I don't know any of them well. Um, you know, I know Mel, who, who's gravitated up from the UK board this year, but she's only just got on the on the global board. I don't, I don't think I know any other global board members. Was of course Qvidian and SP. You know, SP basically started the UK chapter, however many years ago it was, a lot. And you know, Qvidian are a, a key partner, and and it's one of their guys is the deputy chair of the UK chapter this year, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Anyway, so so um, when when you think when you think you... objectively, you sort of think I didn't think I had a cat and L's chance. I I hadn't got you know when you think about capture and stuff and <laughs> exerting influence. I hadn't captured this at all. That's what exactly what I was about to say. Is somebody who's like yeah. the, the leader on capture right now in the industry, or one of the leaders of capture? You hadn't done any capture, so um... no. I, I, to be honest, I hadn't meant to really apply for it. I just happened to be on a train one day, and the task that I had to do on the train that day fell away for whatever reason, got cancelled, and I thought I had like twenty minutes, half an hour, and just blasted it out on my Mac and and fired it in. And in fact, I didn't even know whether it uploaded properly because I hit a tunnel and lost my 3G connection. I didn't know whether it had actually done it. And then I just forgot about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it, it might not have connected or even been submitted. So, um, so yes, I mean, obviously, massive heavy, heavyweight businesses um, that, that we've won against. Um, I, I think, hopefully, it shows that we're. it's been recognised that we're trying to do something different um, and be positively, positively disruptive and change the game a bit and, um, you know, use technology and, and particularly with our social cause of make, just making life better for bidding people and people who work on bids. Um, I thought that was interesting, it's, actually, that your write-up was very much about the community and the, the stuff you've given back, which uh, I've no doubt that um, SP and Covidian also um, majored on that in their submissions, but um, whereas they're... Yeah. I guess that that are working, you know, across the globe with organisations that are making a big impact from a business perspective. I imagine what made your business stick out was really the um, the community benefit the impact that you've had in like the breakfast events. Obviously, this podcast, the training you've done, um, uh, and all that 
on the mentoring and all that kind of stuff as well um yeah and i put into the submission some stuff i haven't really talked publicly about i guess because it was on, it was playing on my mind that day um so yeah there's there's breakfast events and you know obviously said that we share the podcast and things um but also i guess the, the bit we had talked about i did put in there that we did the growth accelerator panel debate version of the podcast at the uk conference and that we'd got you know an exec member of crown commercial services there um because i i think we should have the biggest names in the game uh, i think we should have government ministers at our conferences i think we should have you know chief execs of sips and stuff like that um so i want to help them make that happen so that was sort of the start on that journey yeah uh, but but also, you know, I went and spoke at YPO's World of Procurement Conference to a room full of procurement people about how we feel about what they do to us um, and how and how we think they should change that and improve and, you know, let us innovate and you know let us come up with the answer to the problem rather than telling us what the spec is and making us dance to their tune. And, you know, when I went and doorstepped the chief executive of Crown Commercial Services at a conference and sat him down for a coffee and, and had a fairly serious chat with him um about their behaviors and what we see and all that sort of stuff and the same with uk international trade as well so wow. um i hadn't i hadn't really spoken about those things before but i think it's quite important that the the association starts to operate like a proper professional body almost like the cbi or the the institute of directors of of bidding and you know, go and stare these people down and start making a difference yeah no and i think there's probably things you you do have to generally keep um confidential don't you because you don't want to spook those people and make it a public a public thing but i mean yeah so do you, do you think those were the big standout things your submission anything else that was in there i think so i mean obviously we just i just told the story of the bid toolkit and what it's about and why we did it and that we'd become an ato and of course you have to sell it to them in the you know the numbers of people that have access to the platform and therefore have access to um apmp foundation accredited uh, videos and of course the next bit and something that's quite important for this year is how we wind that in with the enterprise versions and the 55 25 20 pro program into corporates so it becomes so apmp best practice becomes best practice um in industry yeah uh, and how how we embed that and how we use, how i can use my technology to help them do that now the bid toolkit or a version of can become corporate's internal bid process with APMP of credited content within it and that I think that's that was part of the story I told and that's quite important it would have been our big thing this year um, but it will be towards the end of this year and into next year for sure so obviously that attracts them because it gives them audience and all that sort of stuff doesn't it yeah I like that I like that a lot so um, I don't even know how it works at the conference but let's pretend you have a 30 second acceptance speech before Rick Harris grabs a walking stick and it appears around your neck and hoicks you off the stage. Um, do you want to do? Do you want to do your thirty-second acceptance speech? I'd love. I'd love to hear. I, it. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly say what sorts of things I would have said. Why not? Without go on then, right? I guess. You've got thirty speak. seconds. Um, so I genuinely would have thanked my parents uh, because, gen and it's not one of those. Oh, just want to thank my mum and God and whatnot. Um, it, it's because it was them that challenged me to change my life and career and to do this thing with the one pound bet that, that dates back. So genuinely wouldn't be there without them. Obviously would thank my wife, Jules, 
Um, and not just because she's a wonderful, supportive human and wife, but because she's put a shitload of work into this through her business. It's it's her marketing agency that really drive the bid toolkit and and other things that I do on. So here comes Rich. Those are the big thanks. Yeah. So those are those, and of course Mike with the podcast and uh, all of the support, coaching, enthusiasm, piss taking behind the scenes um, <laughs> is is very very important. I think that would do it really. There you go. There you go. Very nice. Very nice. Well done, Jeremy. Thank you, mate. Well, Pat's on the back. There we go. Yes. <laughs> I'm as surprised as anyone, but why not? And then, so, um, go on. Well, we need to talk about your one, don't we? So, um, where were you when you heard the news then of your 40 under 40? Well, the reason I put this in the notes is because um my open water swimming course has just reopened um and so i um i'd managed to get a slot from four till five on the friday and like they disappear in like minutes it's like buying concert tickets because um it's the only place in london i think that's open for like big open water swimming so there's lots of triathletes who are suddenly signing up and coming down um, and it's limited to number of people. I'd kind of booked in as like, oh, I'll grab, I'll grab a slot Friday afternoon after work and I'll finish work a bit early and go for a swim. So I'd gone out for a swim in the docks in London. Um, I live in uh, East London, the Royal Docks. And then obviously I'd realised then that the announcement was five o'clock. So I, I literally ran home from um, swimming, still in the wetsuit because I've, I'm not getting changed at the docks at the moment because there's no change of facilities because of COVID-19. And I thought, well, rather than stand on the docks i'll just come home and in the car and i'll get changed at home so i come in still a bit wet and dripping in my in my um wetsuit and the blood and the bloody things already started <laughs> so i essentially i made a small puddle in the lounge on the uh thankfully on the hardwood floor as uh as i watched it we watched it on the tv and uh and then when i when i heard the news it was like, amazing 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 and then i went in the shower and kind of had a shower. So my celebration actually first was um, was showering muddy duck water, dock water um, off my body <laughs> and, and rinsing out my wetsuit before uh, I uh, I uh, I got a box of cocktail and proceeded to drink most of that in the night. So that was good fun. That was good fun. <laughs> oh, I saw the pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, really good. I think so that what, what, the picture what... I use for the um, the thumbnail for this episode. Oh, I think you should. I think you should. Means that means I need a picture of you, Jeremy, as well, celebrating somehow. Well, I'm I'm wondering. I don't know whether you get a trophy for forty under forty. I've had an email from the from APMP in the states asking for my address to send a trophy to. Um, Um, I don't think you do. Oh, do you not? So I'm I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I'll I'll get you one, mate. Why not? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm waiting for mine. Apparently, I've been told I've got to wait for the trophy before we do press release and picture and all that sort of stuff apparently. oh yeah. very fun well it's about it's 28 days till it gets here won't it, with uh the speed of yeah, air got, yeah i think i think they said that i think jules said let's wait a week and then we'll we'll just uh do it if it if it hasn't turned up but anyway so what do you think did it what was in what was in your submission i don't know actually um working backwards you know because at the at the end at the end they ask you tell us something interesting about you and I put about my swimming that I'm a, a, something people won't know about you. I put you know a long distance open water swimming, but on the um, APMP website they've actually said the podcast, so they've decided that wasn't interesting enough 
Um, and the interesting thing people don't know about me is that I run a podcast, although if you're listening to this, you obviously do know. Um, but the rest of it, so you have to submit a CV, a one-page CV, which is quite interesting because my CV at the moment is like three or four pages long for typical kind of British CV. I think Americans have one-page CVs, don't they? Um, and then you kind of have about 900 words to describe um, career, what difference you've made, and your future aspirations for the business. So it's only 300 words a question, really. So it's a bit like writing a central government tender in the UK. They give you a massive question and no, and no page count. And of course, typical APMP, no formatting, no diagrams, no bullet points, um, no imagery, just has to be plain text because I think it goes into some scoring system. So I just kind of told the history of my, my career um, through uh, picks and, setting up the bid team at the business first bid team I've ever had and kind of professionalizing bidding in picks in pick everard um winning the um young achiever award for constructing excellence for the construction industry in the uk and then kind of going on to mace and then the big thing was that last year we got we hit a hundred percent win rate on our strategic grade bids which are the kind of the big must win game changing or kind of large deployment of people kind of thing so um that was a big hook i think um, and I suppose a lot of it is that I have just brought professional bidding maybe to the next level in picks, definitely. And also some of those things into Mace as well. So building teams and all that sort of stuff. So uh, like you mentioned the podcast, mentioned the breakfast events. Um, I've got a couple of APMP um, fellows or professionals to kind of review it and give me some critique and that sort of thing and i've done a bit of capture on who i thought were the judges were it turns out they weren't the judges at all so my capture was awesome but it's the, they're not allowed to tell anyone they're judges so you won't ever find out who the judges were but the people i thought were the judges weren't the judges which is quite funny so um yeah yeah because it'd be it'd be great to know get some feedback on why you won because we're, yeah. we're bound to get asked in the future to coach people on these things i'm sure um and it, yeah, it's a bit tricky because I, I don't really know, don't know well, what I, did it for I wrote a blog post years ago um and i found it the other day because someone's asking about this and i wrote it about it was like how do you win a personal award and i said there were three pillars or three kind of anchors you need to go for number one is technical excellence so you've got to show you know like so i was writing for someone like, how to get an rcs award or how to get like i got the constructing excellence award um number one is like technical excellence number two is you've supported and been active in the organization that is giving the award which sounds like a bit like well you don't you only get it if you're part of the club but it kind of is that's kind of how awards work and then thirdly is that you've given back to the wider community and i guess funny enough listen to both of us speak um we've both anchored on those three points right you know being top of your game um actively contributing to the APMP and then giving back to the wider bidding or professional community through, you know, training or events or coaching or mentoring or whatever else it's going to be, you know, so benefiting wider, wider industry and even wider society. So I guess for both of us, actually those three anchor points um, hang true. I think if you just submitted with being technically brilliant and you didn't cover the other two points, it would look like a well-rounded submission. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So actually, when you when you listen to the 40 under 40 is an interesting one because when you listen to them doing all the little previews, there's a lot of people who are like chapter secretaries or have been on trailblazers or, you know, young 
achievers thing the things strategic proposals do all those kind of things because actually that's what that middle anchor is all about is being part of the community and giving back and supporting the industry so um yeah i think uh whilst our stories are different probably the the story of the anchors to the submissions are probably quite similar mm. yeah good stuff okay uh so go on then you need to do your acceptance speech don't you? oh yeah I was about to say we're going to the other awards, but I say my 30 second acceptance speech. So um, I would, I would thank obviously my wife because bidding and work is a big part of my life. And she's very supportive in, I guess really we're a team setting up an environment that enables me to do what I do, working around my crazy life and kind of work life balance, that sort of thing. I think there's some really positive mentors i've got both formally and informally in both the bidding industry and the wider industry have really helped to shape me as a work-winning leader as opposed to just like a bid manager or uh, that sort of thing um but i think i think that would probably be the the 30 second speech of some sort i should have planned it shouldn't i i probably should thank god i should probably cry and thank my agent um uh, rem- remind you all of a worthy social cause that only i'm really interested in so uh yeah yeah very good i'd, I'd be your agent mate i'd definitely take 10 percent um <laughs> <laughs> very good so go on and other other notable awards because there was a few of course do you know what hadn't really struck me with the 40 under 40 because you're the announcement of your win was quite late in the, I, I would imagine you were 30th or something like that. So we'd both been sitting there, you know, WhatsApping each other and whatnot for 30 other people first. Cause of course I hadn't twigged that it is 40 awards. <laughs> Cause it's 40 people under 40. I was bloody going on for age. Oh yeah. There's 40 of them. Uh, <laughs> also it was alphabetical, which I hadn't picked up straight away. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't yeah. notice that. I think alphabetical by surname. So when they started, I was like, oh, gosh, like, and, I, and I'd literally almost text you saying, I don't think I've got it, mate. You know, like, um, it's almost over now. And they've not named me. But then suddenly, of course, our reader was right at the very end of the um, the 40s. Yeah. So but it, what was interesting on the other 40 under 40s was quite a um, positively diverse um, group, which hopefully is a really good sign for our industry that there was a good... Um, positive mix of of people from across the world across different gender uh different ethnicity um and it just goes to show actually how um i guess supportive bidding is of people from a whole wide range of of backgrounds and cultures and communities so i thought that was a really interesting um nothing to note i guess we should note all the other uk 40 under 40s that we know some of them i don't know all of them um but people like joe berridge um you know great people who have helped to either move the industry forward or support the industry in in it moving forward um so yeah some really good some really good uk 40 under 40 so that's really positive i think well and the uk did really well overall because obviously john williams won a big award as well didn't he oh yeah i say please for him when you that, look at they, they, they've only given it out like nine times in however many years or something yeah i think it's like the 10th winner of in 30 years which actually i'm really i was really surprised about when i heard that because i thought if there's anyone as well as like you know the previous winners were the two um 
Kathy and um, thingy from Shipley. Uh, what's his mm. name? Tony. Tony um, Birch. Yeah. Tony Birch. Like I, I, I hadn't realised John hadn't won this thing, and I was I was generally like amazed and shocked because, at least in my view, there's almost no one who is doing more to try and professionalise the industry. Um, and I guess in some respects challenge the APMP and challenge the industry to do better than someone like John Williams. And maybe that's why it's taking a bit longer because he has at some times been challenging to the APMP about their practices and, and what they do and how they work. Um, and he is quite a kind of chalk and cheese vocal character. So I, um, you know, and like we both know people who think, he, think he's fantastic and also people who um, uh, kind of, have had differences of opinions with him in the past. So I thought that was a really positive thing for John because it really just demonstrates the impact he's made on the industry globally, not just in the UK. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it's un- undeniable. Fair fair play to him. But in, and you're right, it's probably probably too bit late. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, got there in the end. The other one I thought I'd, we'd pick out was... Um, Evershed Sutherland, who won Bid and Proposal Team of the Year. Um, because, again, UK bid team, working in professional services, which, in my view, is one of the hardest areas to run a bid team because it's not like you have a sales team who are kind of going out generating leads. You've got a load of partners who kind of almost are a law unto themselves, particularly like the law and professional services sector, um, you know, accountancy, more more so kind of architecture and design, those kind of sectors where you don't have a formal bd process to the same extent and bd managers who are generating work and then technical people who are delivering so i met ruth earlier this year actually and spent some time there at the europe bpc conference um and just thought you know when you meet someone you like they get it mm. they absolutely get it they get from the, the technical side sure but they get the people side the leadership side the influence side of being a bid leader um, and kind of that strategic focus on how do you move forward and differentiate your team, yourself going forward, not just focusing on the here and now of dealing with bids and capacity. Um, I thought, you know, when you meet people you're like, yeah, she gets it. So I was really, really pleased to see that her team had um, had been recognised in that way. Yeah, very good. So, yeah, it's yeah. nice. That, so lots of British representation. Uh, considering, you know, we're, we're only, our chapter's only 2,000 people. Um, whereas there's many, many times that in the states. Uh, although, of course, they're split chapters, different states and stuff. Um, yeah, I, and, I, and of course, other places. I do wonder though, as it grows in the UK, whether they'll start to look at splitting it because it, I think someone told me it's the largest chapter or one of the largest chapters in the world. Yeah, it is. But of course, the the, the US as a country has got shed loads of chapters within it. Um, although I was talking to a lady in Canada yesterday yeah yesterday um who's one of the one of the volunteers who who runs the the, the chapter out there they've, they've only got 200 members nationwide uh, maple leaf is that what it's called that's that's the chap yeah, uh, yeah so i'm yeah. gonna be doing some webinars and stuff for them and uh yeah i'm gonna gonna try and drive that one and uh nice. help, help them grow that bad boy because yeah i took some coaching from someone that i obviously have a digital platform that's global i need to pull my finger out and get in touch with um, all of the chapters around the world so I sent an email to the ones that are listed the people who are listed as leading the chapters around the world where there isn't a big Shipley presence or SP presence already um, you know particularly ones that don't have trainers on the ground as it were 
and uh, yeah, I've got, I've got one reply back from Canada, um, so I need to hound them a bit. I think if you're that's listening really, and you're, that's what I was going to say. That's really positive. Go on. Yeah, well, if if you're listening and you you're engaged in one of the chapters in in other countries, uh, do do get in touch because I'd like to do some more local webinars for for people, um, a bit of outreach, as it were, get the message out there. So listeners, I am pleased to tell you we have stopped talking about ourselves now and normal service can now be resumed and we'll go back to talking about bidding and interviewing interesting people. So uh, thank you for bearing with us and uh, letting us have our completely over-the-top celebration of um, <laughs> uh, winning, winning awards. Yeah, thank you for that. So go on, Mike, what, what have we got coming up? We've got some people coming on and things, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, lockdown is making it slightly more challenging than both our diaries or mine in particular. Jeremy, you're very good at making time um, and our guests. But we've got Josh um, from Patry, who the founder of Patry, who are kind of a consulting firm who have a technology platform um, that helps people with bid no bidding and kind of bid analysis called Bid Score. So I think we'll have a good chat with him about data driven decision making. Um, looking at bid no bids which actually we did talk about at one of our breakfast events the one we had um stottles on when we talked about different metrics you might think about to um, improve your decision making so yeah it'd be interested to hear a different view on that one um you and i've got a couple of sessions booked now one on attention spans because um someone a listener shared with us some interesting stats on some studies that Amazon, I think Amazon Web Services have done on like attention spans of executives and time um, time taken to review proposals. Um, and again, there's another firm who's supported our webinars called Tilki, our president called Tilki, who've done some similar studies. And spoiler alert, people's attention spans are getting shorter. They're spending less time reviewing and, and mm. we'll talk about what that means for bidding. Yeah, yeah. And then I hope um, we've got Baskar and Ashley pinned down now. So, um, we uh, with everything going on we've we've not managed to get a date that works for everyone with Ashley being in the States and Baskar being in a million places um, but I think that guy doesn't sleep he's a pretty impressive work ethic so yeah, he's a machine. Um, he is um, so we'll we'll have them on and we've got a couple of other sessions around um, um, bidding topics planned coming up and then we're at, then we're out of people to interview so we'll have to start reaching out and speak to some more people Oh, I think we've got we've still got a bit of a list to get back to, haven't we? But there's people volunteered and stuff. We just need to get back to it. But yeah, all good. Yeah, if you if you have volunteered and we've not put you on yet, and um, do remind us because um, I I sometimes forget when Jeremy fires me a, a WhatsApp saying, "Oh, I met this person, it'd be great for the podcast," and then I am um, I completely forgot to put them on the list. So if if we have, I've, I have messaged the APMP to see if they'd like to come on and talk about their virtual conference. So they may come on um, oh, well at some point but um, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. Um, anything interesting planned this week? Uh, well, I've, I've been working on a bid proper, like proper bid consultancy with a client for the first time in a little while, actually, but and really not, not a little one, like really big, heavy stuff. So that's been good to keep the tool sharp and all that sort of stuff, keep keep my own. I think I've, I think I've added some value and, and earned a fee. When's your deadline? Not telling. 
because uh, you, you might be able to tell what it is. Um, <laughs> so it's confident, it's confidential, isn't it? So um, yeah, I can't can't say, but it's been useful to to get back into that, and um, so that's been good fun. I've got uh, I've picked up a new mentee, uh, a lady called Arga, um, and uh, so we've we've had a, an initial chat. I've sent her away with some homework, and then we've got another chat coming up this week, and then I've been my client Aquila. Um, who I've been doing a kind of business growth piece with um, coming up with their value propositions and messaging and all sorts of stuff uh, we're getting into some fairly heavy coaching now of some of their key individuals on account planning and capture and that sort of stuff so I've got some one-to-ones with some of their guys this week um, and a bit of work with Jules on Bid Toolkit website we're rebuilding the website um, oh, and I've built a new website for Growth Ignition as well with some some interesting stuff that will be announced soon. So, um, Amazing. A bit, a bit of backup house stuff. How, how about you? Are you fighting a good fight? Yeah, no idea. No idea what I'm doing. Um, what we're doing this week, sort of interviewing Josh, hopefully recording some more episodes of Learn Life Balance, the new show I'm doing with my friend Jennifer Cottrell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to build a bit of a, a bit of a backlog up of backlog a bit of a category of stuff so that we can put the first one out and we've got some lined up so if we miss a week we don't get we don't lose the momentum um bids work winning stuff we'll talk about it a bit more next time actually but i've started doing i've got a series now in inside mace called work winning wednesdays where we're doing webinars on a wednesday lots of w's webinars on a wednesday about winning work um and i've got my third one third one this week which is going going well we've been the most subscribed um webinars of our new kind of online training thing to date excluding kind of the corporate com stuff that you know board directors and ceos and stuff are on so well, pretty pleased with that. that's good stuff yeah yeah it takes a bit of prep but thankfully i've got lots of old training stuff from when I was running the bid team at Picks, that I can kind of repurpose. So we've been repurposing that for the moment. So um, we're doing a slightly different one this week on lessons learned, doing a bit of a deep dive into an, a bid. So a couple of people said, it's great to hear the theory. Can you kind of talk us through how it'd work on an actual bid? And I said, well, that'd be a great, a great one for an episode. So we're going to yeah. do a, um, got the team on from the business unit to talk about how it worked what worked what didn't work what we what lessons we learned and that sort of stuff so it should be good yeah looking forward to it well I, th- I think that's really good it's it's a frontier that i really want to push on this end of this year into next year is uh engaging with and building capability of stakeholders rather than your bidding people is you know how, how do you raise the game of the business how do you raise the win rate company-wide that kind of stuff yeah um, you know, important in these times where it's going to be ever competitive yeah good cool well done mate well Jez um, a fun in, a fun episode to do a bit therapeutic mm. um, uh, not too much selling so we won't get told off um, <laughs> and uh, uh, it, I'll, I'll speak to you in a couple of days look forward to it speak to you soon thank you cheers bye, bye.